Before we get into the show, here's a quick word from HubSpot. Long hours, small teams, uninspiring content. Marketing at a startup is hard work. Thankfully, HubSpot for Startups can help you grow your business without growing your stress. HubSpot's all-in-one platform connects your teams together. Plus, they have a bunch of resources to help you scale, and they offer discounts of up to 90% off. So if you're ready to crush your marketing, look no further than HubSpot for Startups. To see how much you can save, visit HubSpot.com startups. Today on Marketing Against the Grain, we're talking about the bird. Twitter, that is, and we are all in on the changes that Elon and the new team at Twitter are making for marketers. Come learn how it's going to impact you. Hey, hey, welcome to another episode of Marketing Against the Grain, your podcast for how to grow in counterintuitive ways. I'm your co-host, Kit Bonner. I'm joined, as always, by my co-host, Kieran Flanagan. And Kieran, we're giving everybody the bird today. (laughs) The Twitter bird, that is. We're all in on the Twitters. Are you ready for this? Well, we're all in on the Twitter drama. You know, I enjoy this new (laughs) Netflix drama that is happening in real time. I've finished all my shows. I've finished Power of the Rings, where it's called. I've finished House of Dragons. So I'm really into like my Twitter show that's happening live uh, on air. You know, there are like five script writers in LA right now, feverishly pitching some type of Twitter show. It's succession, but basically the whole Twitter narrative. Just do a succession for Twitter. I think that would work. I thought you were going to say succession, but actually good. What? Wait a minute. Can we pause? I'm a big succession fan. You don't like the show Succession? Ah, No, I'm not a huge succession fan. Oh my God, Kim. This is mental. (laughs) You don't watch Game of Thrones and you don't like Succession? No Game of Thrones. I love HBO Max. I I love HBO, but... Uh, Please. I'm going to watch the new season of White Lotus, but no. In the review, are you a Succession fan? And like, at Kip to tell him. Succession. We're on YouTube. Reminder. Leave it in the YouTube comments. Hit us up on YouTube. Marking against the grain on YouTube. Subscribe. Leave us comments on this episode. Please, please, please. One of the top five shows all time. Succession. Oh, wow. That's a bold statement and just a complete lie. But we won't even argue about that today because we got <laughs> the bird to talk about, baby. Uh, you and I are longtime Twitter users. Elon just bought Twitter. But there's an impetus for this conversation that I want to start and get aligned with everybody on. You ready? I'm going to read you a tweet from Jason Calacanis. So Jason Calacanis is a venture capitalist, co-host of the All In podcast, which is a really popular podcast in tech, and is friends with Elon Musk. And Jason Calacanis is helping Elon and kind of hanging out at Twitter HQ these days, post-merge, as he likes to say. And he put this tweet out that Kira and I have kind of been back-channeling on. He said, advertising, CMO, and marketing friends. What do you love about Twitter? And also, what is frustrating and needs to improve? Reply or my email is open, Jason at Calacanis, and said, be candid. So Kira, be candid. What do you love about Twitter? What needs to be proved about Twitter? Go. Well, the things I love about Twitter are the reasons I think that Twitter is where it is. I don't, I don't think Twitter has an execution problem. I think it just has product market fit and it's saturated that product market fit. So I think I love Twitter because it is full of interesting ideas. It is full of people that enjoy going through information in text, enjoy trying to interpret that information because it's only in 140 characters unless you do threads and just like enjoy nerding out on Twitter, right? I think it's for like a very well-defined group of people who love geeking out on information, who love retrieving their information on Twitter. 
and connecting with very smart people, right? And actually being able to expand your remit of thought and being able to get really great yeah. thoughts from all of the people you follow on there. As a marketeer, I think a Twitter as an individual brand is really important because you can share great ideas and you can get those great ideas out into the world and you can actually build a meaningful audience on Twitter and an audience of influence. As a brand, I don't think much about Twitter at all, actually. <laughs> <laughs> Why? Tell the people, tell the people. I don't think their advertising is that great. They don't have a huge audience. They don't have enough data yes. to make that that great, right? Facebook has your entire- They're targeting. Their targeting is going to be much better because you share so much more information. The network you have on there is actually a replica of your network that may be offline. So it's like way more contextual. It's your friends, your family. Like it's just more, it's a better data set. Like that is not Twitter. Twitter do not have a great data set. So the advertising is quite limited. The ways you can advertise on Twitter are going to be quite limited, right? They're really just sponsored tweets. Like what other really like creative ways can you come up for advertising? And really easy to like get rid of those tweets. Like I'm constantly blocking those ads. Just like, don't show me this again. It sucks. Totally. Hard to do a really great ad in the kind of format that Twitter has as well. It's not great for those formats. I suspect it works in some places, like Twitter advertising, I suspect it's good in some places. But for the most part, I don't think it's good, but I don't think it's good because the platform is just not made in the way where it can support great advertising from a data perspective or from a UI perspective. And I don't know if that's something Twitter can solve. Okay, first, I want to agree and disagree with some of your stuff. But first, do you want me to read you my reply, what I said to Jason Calacanis on Twitter? Yeah, Twitter read. is my most used online network by far. Me too. I've been on Twitter since like a couple months after it started. And here's what I said about Twitter for marketers. I said, Twitter lacks the ability for advertisers to capture intent, intent the way Google and YouTube does. This is the first part. Google and YouTube allows you to match your ad with the intent of the buyer. And it's like, oh, I'm searching for this product or how to do this thing. And because of that, I can align my ad, my creative, my product with that really well. Twitter doesn't have intent. And that makes it really hard. Is my point to, to yeah. get really good advertising. You yeah. had a similar point. I want to line it up around that idea of intent. Because I think if yeah. Twitter was to transform for marketers, it needs to better align the intent of its users, which comes from data and signals and timing of engagement around those data and signals with advertisers and users. That's the first part of my tweet. The second part of my tweet is they haven't nailed ad features that enable commerce or legion yet. Brand budgets are fickle. Direct response budgets are more predictable. But you... You can't win with direct response when you have such a, the intent is just to either pass some amount of time where I have in between meetings, post something really quickly and get off there or just scroll indefinitely. I guess that's the thing is like, how would you ever capture demand from something that is such low intent? No, but what you just said, what you literally you just said is exactly how you could have described YouTube. No, YouTube, the format was never the problem. It was just like the early content was just not great. You didn't say anything about format. You described the user behavior okay. there. And the user behavior you described on Twitter is just like the user behavior people have on YouTube. Video is always going to be a better format to teach than 140 characters. Yeah, brings me back to one of the other pieces of news from this week. Don't tell me the Vine thing. You know thing. what the rumor is? The bring it Vine back, baby. The uh, bring it Vine back. Bring it Vine back. Okay, let's get real with the listeners. Come on. So that you on. and I, I'm not going to say the brand name because I can't give it away on this podcast. Not too long ago, you and I wanted to buy We wanted to buy this app because we knew that it would be a really great way to like continue the growth top of the funnel to give us a ton of leverage in different ways. What is the one thing we found out about that app? That app code base was old. Mm-hmm and was unusable in terms of being able to like build on top of it, augment it in any kind of meaningful way. And it was just, you know, goes out of date. So we would have to buy it and rewrite the entire thing from scratch. 
The vine idea is so dumb. Like <laughs> he's coming in. Hasn't hot. touched. Why is it dumb? Tell me why it's so dumb. So let, let me give you all of the reasons. This is such a dumb idea. Okay, two core reasons. The code base has not been touched in the 2016. Very similar to the product we looked at. Yeah. Actually, just as old, right? So you actually have to rewrite the entire thing from scratch. Yeah. So what we do? We're resurrecting the idea of short form video. You've missed your window on short form video. I could not TikTok. disagree with the window thing more. TikTok, 1.5 billion monthly active users. YouTube, 2 billion monthly active users. Instagram, Reels, 2 billion monthly active users. And YouTube, 2 billion monthly active users on YouTube Shorts, on YouTube Shorts. You think Twitter, 140 character text-based platform for geeks is gonna eat into those products, short form video? No. Not a chance. Well, you are completely thinking Not about a this chance. wrong. Not you're a chance. Dumb, dumb, wrong. dumb. I bet that was Jason's idea. <laughs> no, first of all, Twitter only has 210 million users. So if they had a video app like Vine with 500 million monthly actives, which would be way, way less than all of those you just outlined, that would be huge for them. That would be a game changer for them. But they won't get there, Kip. You're saying like, oh, well, because we have 210 million users who enjoy text-based product with 140 characters, we can also build this other medium video, which is completely different from the platform that people use and just grow that audience who now enjoy video. Why didn't Vine work for Twitter? Because people don't go there for video. So no one used it and it died a slow, painful death. Ladies and gentlemen, Kier took his closed-minded pills this morning. No. I'm really sad for him. I did I'm not. I'm really sad for you. I've got other ideas like, for Twitter. Why? No. I've got other ideas. I have ideas. a fire idea we're going to get to in a minute. Okay. <laughs> I have a fire idea and it's not Vine because Vine is dumb. It's such a dumb idea and it's lazy. It's lazy, 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 no, lazy, lazy. Short we'll form video works. Let's just go and create a short form video platform. We tried that. It didn't work. The app died. Okay. So first, I'm gonna I want to rebut a couple of your points. Oh, we tried that. That didn't work. Okay. That didn't work with a company that failed to monetize and had to sell the business to Elon, which you could argue maybe wasn't the best executing business. So how do you know if it was the idea or the execution? You don't. I agree. You with might that. be I, right, but you don't know for certainty. You are treating it like this certainty, and that is not the case at all. I agree there is a question mark over execution versus use case. The other thing I would say is everyone assumes that Twitter is full of dumb people. Like that's the narrative online is like Twitter is a company full of dumb people who have never tried anything. No one knows what the reality is in there or the people that they have in there. So who knows? I do agree that it's unknown whether that is an execution problem or use case problem. My point is- yeah, please tell me your point. This narrative that you just can overlay a whole new medium. Oh, because we have people who like Twitter, they'll also like video on Twitter. Where you have all these other platforms that already own short form video, I think is dumb. Well, no, I literally think you could not be more wrong on this. And I cannot wait for six months from now. One of us is going to take a giant victory lap. And that person is likely going to it's be me. 100% going to be I me. I cannot believe, I cannot believe this is the dumbest argument we've literally ever had. Like, right. I can't believe we're even talking about this. Let's move on from one dumb idea, which is Vine. Let's move on to another dumb idea, which is charging the only users who use the platform and create all the value <laughs> money to be verified and taking away the actual value of verification because now we're letting you buy it. Do you want to move on to that dumb idea that Twitter have? <laughs> yeah, please explain to our listeners what is potentially happening here. Okay. So a couple of things you should know. 25% of Twitter users create all of the content. Everyone else is just lurking and scribbling. 
forever there has been this kind of like to get to the top of the Twitter totem pole is getting blue checked, like verified. So you can get yeah. your account validated. It means that you really have made it on Twitter. People love getting the blue check because it's organically given by Twitter. The way that they give it is still a somewhat of unknown. But when you get verified, you're like, okay, like you are one of the people that matter on Twitter. Twitter has two things that it can do to make this a better business, right? I think we both agree on this. They can either monetize current users better, monetize their current base better, or they can expand the base because they are still relatively a small app in terms of like social networks. So one of their ideas would be to monetize users better, which I do agree with. Like, it's like, how do I get more value from the users I have? And they are saying that they are going to introduce a $20 subscription fee for people to keep their verification. At the moment, there's 423,000 people verified. So they would each have to pay $20 each per month to keep that badge. I feel like you are just salty because you're not verified and I am. I am, that is, yeah, I do agree. I am salty. <laughs> Maybe I am retracting. I actually want this to come in so I can just get validated and take Kip's special blue check away. You, you just said all that. You would pay $20 a month to be verified, wouldn't you? I wouldn't. No, that is a lie. No, I swear to God, I wouldn't. That is a lie. Do you know the shows I get on Netflix for $11.99 a month? Do you know the shows I get on Prime and the delivery service I get? Do you know the stuff that I get on Disney Plus for $6 a month? What the hell am I paying for a blue check? What do I get? Like, what are the three things that I My get? My understanding from what I've read is that the rumored 10 to $20 a month would be for a whole host of features, not just the blue check. Okay, so there's the importance part, right? Like the blue check is not $20 a but month. You cannot just pay to be verified. Look, for all the marketers listening right now and all the business owners listening, the startup founders listening and watching us, this is a counterintuitive thing that the Musk and new Twitter team are thinking about. The predominant sentiment online is that, hey, we're using your product and making it better. Like you should verify us for free. We shouldn't have to pay for that. And I believe what instead that the Twitter team's thinking is like, no, we want a premium version of this experience and verification is a core layer of that experience, but we're going to bundle other things with it. And there's going to be kind of like a, a top tier Twitter and a free tier Twitter. And that is going to be the way to build a viable business model that enables the right platform success. So we can give uh, this utility that has a lot of cultural significance to everybody. And I think it all depends on how they're able to bundle enough features in for a given price. I do not mind people paying to be verified if it's part of a bigger bundle of features, is what I would say. And I have an idea on one of those features, but I want to kick it over to you before I go into that. Yeah, I, I actually would argue that that is not counterintuitive in that the most straightforward way for them to have increased revenue from their user base would be to introduce some sort of subscription. And they have done that with Twitter Blue, which has not gone that great. So it's not that valuable. I don't think that's the counterintuitive. I think they're following the pretty mm -hmm. well-defined roadmap of freemium products, which is like introduce a paid tier. But actually the challenge they have as any freemium company does is how do you not kill the free tier how do you add enough value into the paid bundle? Because their core value, they're giving away for free, right? You can enjoy Twitter without having the blue check. Oh, yeah. Like, it makes you feel good. 100%. It's cool. But you can enjoy it in the exact same way. And so they're going to have to figure out, it's like, okay, we have 210 million, 25% create the content. The other ones, they're all happy. Like, we're all using the core use case in some sort of meaningful way. We can say trolls and bots reduce the experience of that, and that needs to be improved. But how do you build a bundle that actually has so much more value that actually will create something for you, meaningful enough for you to actually want to upgrade where you're used to using this thing for free. I think that's really hard for freemium businesses, but I don't know if that's counterintuitive. What counterintuitive is, is including verification. 
in a paid product. So first That's of true. all, That's there's true. not a paid layer of Instagram, Facebook, any of those networks. That's so true. while freemium may be traditional in mainstream business software, it's not on in social software and verification is not included. So I think those two things are counterintuitive. I, I really do. I actually, I agree. I agree. I think in B2C social networks, they would, that would be a counterintuitive is to have a premium tier. In a couple minutes, we're going to drop some Twitter tips, some accounts to follow. We're going to get into a little bit more of the marketing Twitter, but I want—I think it's really important that we cover what is happening culturally on this platform. Kieran, I want to run an idea by you and see what you think. Are you ready for this? Yes. First, I'm going to test your knowledge. Do you remember one of the early, early, early Twitter features? Like I'm talking first year Twitter. You could interact with Twitter, not just from a website, but via another channel to post and receive tweets. Do you remember that? what that was? Like the tweet deck? No, this is pre-tweet deck. I'm going old school on you. Tell me. SMS. Originally oh. on Twitter, you had a short your idea code. Is gonna be my, I bet you your idea is going to be my idea. Yes, I love it when this happens. I think we have a similar idea. Okay, you tell your idea because I think we're going to actually converge here. Okay. So in the early days of Twitter, you had a short code that you could text, one, to post tweets or respond to tweets or to even get text notifications from certain profiles. And it was sick. And I think it was just hard and there's real costs of goods sold and expenses with text message exchanges. And I think especially, you know, what was 15 years ago when they were doing this, that those costs were non-trivial and the infrastructure wasn't that good. So they sunsetted it. I think they should bring that back, but bring it back in kind of a group chat, group thread format yeah like the thing this is that me. i wish this, i yes. could have on twitter yes. is a way yes. to like you me and producer darren we have this like constant dialogue on twitter and anytime we post something this dialogue we can bcc the public or not like every message we can just choose like hey this is just for the three of us or this is for everybody go 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 so this is actually so funny that you went to Because we did not talk about this at all, by the way. Everybody listening, like, this is not the no, case. No, trying to beat TikTok, trying to beat YouTube, trying to beat Instagram Reels, I think that is the wrong way to go. I do not think they will be able to do that. Beat WhatsApp. And Snap. When you get more expansive, like, you don't have people who want to create content for the masses. You have people who want to create content in small groups for friends, yeah. for family, and they want to actually go back and forth in small groups. So there is something that exists, WhatsApp, but WhatsApp isn't actually... Uh, global. It's way more popular in Europe than it is in the States. Yeah. Like there's different popularities across the continent. WhatsApp has 2 billion monthly active users. I think to your point, if you can actually have a feature where you can use Twitter through SMS and be able to uh, create smaller groups and have it be a much more niche kind of experience within that group, and then you can post things from the group to the wider population. Well, that's the thing. That last part is the thing. There's no messaging app where you can choose to BCC the world ad hoc. Where yeah. you're like, oh, we're going bad about this thing. And like, I just want to go and star this, that, uh, that this can get posted publicly for anybody to see. Right. Versus just for Kieran and producer Darren. I think that like, there is a ton of power in that. There are so many exchanges, Kieran, you and I have, that I wish I could post like little parts of them on Twitter. Right. You know, because right. it's like, oh, we're slacking or we're WhatsApping about this thing. It's like, oh, do I really need to copy and paste and do all of this? It's like, no, I should just be able to do it. And if it was all part of the same platform, I would do all of my messaging there. Right. I think like you can boil this conversation down to how do I expand the user base? For, how do I make it less niche? We can go short from video, which is Resurrect Vine, or we can go small niche groups, which is like more of a WhatsApp type experience. Well, to circle back around, Kieran, to prove that I'm right, if you go this messaging route, you need the video. You need the video messaging. You need to send videos. You need some of those snap features to really make this work. And so 
That is why I think they have to have the video infrastructure. Whether it's what Vine was or not is different, but you're going to need the video infrastructure. Mm, yeah, yeah, maybe. One victory! Maybe, but I still don't think we ever see Twitter be a meaningful player in short-form video. Okay. Incomparable to like Instagram Reels, YouTube Shorts, TikTok. Yeah, I think you and I are, are saying different, similar things, which is like, I'm saying Twitter needs video and it's going to help them grow their user base. And you're saying, but that's probably not going to happen in the way of TikTok and YouTube. And I think that is a yeah, it's not the primary possible thing, right? And so I think that's what we're saying here. Okay, so for everybody listening, there's endless drama happening on Twitter right now. We've covered some of the big pieces of drama that I think are really important for everybody to know and understand. And I think we've talked about the implications they're going to have for marketers, which is how you communicate with your community and your audience is going to change dramatically. One thing I know for certain is that this Twitter team, regardless of what they do, the new team is trying to make a lot of change quickly. And so advice number one, follow what's happening because there will be some opportunities with features that they try that actually hit and take off to adopt those in the early days and have a lot of success for your business. And so I think uh, we've seen that historically over the course of any platform, including Twitter. I think we're gonna see that again. Kieran, you're a skeptic. You said, hey, I think Twitter's more for marketing individuals than companies. I think we see a lot of companies be successful on Twitter, drive a lot of engagement. I think it's more of an awareness play than direct response. If you were somebody listening and you were thinking about your Twitter strategy, what would you advise them to do? So the organic part is you build an audience around a person, not a brand. Uh, I think there's some brands that that is not true for. I think like there's brands like Wendy's and Ryanair. Like there's some brands that actually crush Twitter and do really well, but they are from a comedic angle. And so one of the things you could do for your brand is really think about hiring someone from a comedy background, someone who's really great at comedy writing to actually own your Twitter handle. And why does that work? Will you plug into the internet? There's a culture on Twitter. Like Twitter has its own culture, its own way of like posting, making fun of each other. I think you want to have someone from the Twitter Equiverse who understands that kind of culture and can manage your brand handle. I think have some people from your company who can build real brands, like personal brands, and be able to like talk about your story, talk about the industry, have really pointed views. On advertising, I think it is discovery. Like how do I discover interesting things on Twitter? Maybe just is just me. I would be interested in what you think, Kip, is I've literally never found anything on Twitter. Or maybe I'm just not looking, but like compared to Instagram. Uh, look, I think Instagram and YouTube, I discover way more things on from an advertising perspective. Yeah. I completely agree. I can't remember the last thing I clicked on Twitter and I was like, this is a cool thing. Well, I also don't think the ads on Twitter are great. I think it's the, the ads of the on Twitter format. are great and the targeting is not great. What I will say I've started to discover on Twitter, Kieran, is there are some accounts now that you're getting the holidays that are have really cool videos of different like toys and games. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The video you does know? work. And I'm like, it. oh, that works really well. And I do think there is some opportunity for those to, to happen. But I think your point on like coming at it with humor or be clarity of tone, I think you have a clear point on like, the ad product isn't there yet, but if you should stay very close to what changes they make on the ad product. And if they do big changes, it's probably worth testing as they roll out big changes, yeah, right? Yeah. And it may or may not work, but anytime you have a big change to how something works on the ad side, it's worth a little bit of time, money, and effort to see, oh, actually now this works way better and I want to go and, and adopt it and use it for my business, right? Yeah, I would always test any platform that's developing their feature set or advertising platform. Like Reddit, we, we test that a bunch, we test Quora. I'd always test to see how it works or what's changed. The other thing I would give a quick shout out is to, like the true uh, mastermind in this whole Twitter saga is actually Jack Dorsey, who 
as soon as Elon Musk bought Twitter, launched Blue Sky, and was like, this is the way I should have done it to begin with. <laughs> I was like, that's the way you crush well, so, so Jack Dorsey is retaining his ownership stake in Twitter, first of all. Oh, I did not know he's... No, I, I didn't see I don't that. know if you saw that. So Jack has got a double hedge. He's keeping his shares in Twitter with Elon, and he is starting a new app called Blue Sky that's based on a new protocol and this is the next thing I'd want to help marketers understand about Twitter and social in general as we think about the future is we're entering a new era of choice. And one of the things you saw, Elon was actually tweeting with the founder of Replit. Yeah, I saw uh, Assad. And Assad worked at Facebook before starting Replit. And he, he knows a lot about content moderation and speech on these platforms. And he said, you know, I believe the solution here is algorithmic choice. Let people yes. decide the algorithm of what they want to see or not. 100%. And I think that is likely a possible outcome of the future. And I think in a world like that, marketers have to have high engagement communities because you need people to opt in to see your stuff by saying like, oh, I want to see everything from marketing Twitter or real estate yeah. Twitter, or finance Twitter, what have you. And if you're a meaningful part of that community you're going to get included in that algorithmic choice. If yeah. you're not a meaningful part of that community, you're going to get excluded from that algorithmic choice. Yeah, it gives people a quicker time to value where you find something of value for you on Twitter. Can I just say one more thing that we didn't cover, Please. which is one of Twitter's biggest missteps, and then we can kind of round it out. One of the things that we've talked a lot about is like Twitter, the messaging app, right? And that's mm -hmm. like, just to be clear, Twitter is my favorite place on the internet. I <laughs> love Twitter. Too. This all comes from love. This all comes from love. And one of my points is like Twitter, the messaging app has kind of reached its natural point of where it needs to be for who it's applicable to. But Twitter, the messaging and protocol, mm -hmm. what Twitter really got wrong was killing the ecosystem that was building on top yes, of Twitter. They totally messed this up. And that's up. where they messed up because the protocol itself could have spawned a ton of interesting businesses and they killed that entire ecosystem. Yeah. And then they went wrong anywhere. I think that's where they went wrong is that there's a ton of growth left for the protocol, but the messaging app is kind of at its natural point of saturation. Yeah. And Elon would prove us wrong or right where he'll be able to expand the audience or not. But that was like a huge misstep. Like, and Jack Dorsey kind of said as much where he talked about the fact that it should have just been a protocol. It should never have been the company. It should have just been a protocol. But that's true then. They never built it in a way where they would support the ecosystem to build on top of the protocol. And I think that was one of their biggest missteps. I love that. I've got a few quick things to close this out. First, we have a question from The Nerd Bug on Apple Podcasts. He says, you guys got me back into using Twitter. And I wanted to know which accounts you'd recommend to follow for marketers. What's your number one account recommendation for somebody in marketing to follow? Oh, well, I would say go back and follow all the guests on Marketing Against the yeah. Grain. Like one, the I one I read all. the most right now is Anu at LaRue, which yeah. is at Anu on Twitter. Go and follow her. I love her. But I would say all of our guests are some of the people I read the most on Twitter, for sure. Greg Eisenberg, that whole crew is amazing. That's where we get them. We have Steph coming up, Steph Smith coming up. Uh, she's awesome. Yep. We have Christopher Lockhead coming Steph up. Steph Smith, Sampar. Sampar's just been on. Awesome. So those would be some folks I would recommend checking out on Twitter. And can I give one more Kieran. one more recommendation? Yeah. He's very yeah, new. Please. I don't know if you follow this guy. This is just for comedic value. He's awesome. Jack Reigns. He's like trolling the entirety of LinkedIn with some of the funniest posts I've ever read. Oh, <laughs> yes. That guy's uh, awesome. That guy That's is awesome. Jack Reigns. Shout out. I love his posts. Uh, Kieran, I have one question before we round up for you. We're recording this on November 1st, 2022. A year from now, November 1st, 2023. Is the usage of Twitter and the relevance of Twitter as a platform the same, significantly lower, significantly higher than it is today? I think it's the same. Users monetize better and Elon's looking to sell it. My prediction is I think the cultural impact is higher. I think they 
will have made monetization strides, but nowhere near I where agree they that. need to be. And it will be a couple more years before they can sell it. You think, okay. I think it's probably a three-year turnaround for him. I think it's a weight around his neck that he doesn't need. The guy's trying to go to Mars. Like, go to Mars. It's way more important than getting caught in <laughs> silly debates on Twitter. Because <laughs> the problem for Elon is, like, he's an incredible person, and he has, like, flaws that, like, all of us have. But any decision that Twitter makes, it's not Twitter now making it. It's going to be Elon making it. Whether it is or not, people are going to say that he made that decision. Like, uh, he agreed with this person. He agreed with that. I think it's going to be a real headache for someone. He's got greater things to do for humanity than try to take on that burden. <laughs> So quick roundup of the counterintuitive things that we saw from this situation. We gave you the nitty gritty of this. We talked about some of them. I think Twitter is going to do some counterintuitive feature things. We think they should bring back the API and the ecosystem for people to build on that protocol. We think they might do algorithmic choice, which would be a counterintuitive way. We think they need more video than they currently have. We have some debates around what, but there's a role for video. We think bring back SMS and or some type of messaging and group messaging with the ability to post to Twitter would be amazing. And those are all counterintuitive things that Twitter could do. The counterintuitive things that you as a marketer could do are to test new ad features as they roll them out and to make sure that you are engaging as part of the core community for the market you serve to prepare for a world where algorithmic choice and changes in how people discover content on Twitter and other platforms may be coming. Anything else you want to add to that, Kirit? I think you made a good point, which I got wrong to begin with, which is it would be pretty counterintuitive for Twitter, which is a B2C social platform to have a paid tier. Yeah. It would be the only company of its type to do that. So I think that is a counterintuitive play, which I was coming at it through like the typical software freemium business. Totally. So I have a sneaking suspicion, Karen, that this is not the last time we're going to be talking about Twitter, <laughs> Weekly Twitter on updates. the show in the next six months. But until next time, everybody, and the next Twitter update, this has been Marketing Against the Grain.